0: Um, and the next message that we actually had in line was the um, Resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm skipping that since Resurrection Sunday is coming up soon. And so we'll save it for then. Um, that way we're just not preaching the same message twice, amen. But we'll still deal with the Resurrection um, today as well. Um, yes. um, John chapter 20, verse 24. Amen. when you're there. A couple of people. John 20, verse 24. It says, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. It is after the resurrection of Christ. Some of the disciples, the first disciples had seen Jesus, but Thomas had not. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. That was like, right. I'm not going to believe it unless I see. And this can't just be an imposter. This can't just be some kind of man out there that's walking, pretending to be him. I need to see the wounds in his hands. I need to see his side is his side pierced. Then I'll believe. I'm not going to believe unless I see. And so we see Thomas has doubts. He doesn't believe the story that's being told. Now, you remember, it's not like, okay, Jesus hung out with his disciples, and then he um, died, and then he magically appears, okay? Jesus actually told them, while he was alive, that he would suffer many things, that he would die, but that I will rise again. So Jesus told them ahead of time what was going to happen. Uh, perhaps it was kind of like when they were hearing that, maybe they were like children where you tell them to do their chores and they don't hear you the first time, or the second time, or the third time, and then you raise your voice and you're like, you never told me! That never happened in your household, right? <laughs> but, you know, maybe I what the second you're like, oh, that's so unbelievable. That, that kind of thing doesn't happen. Um, where man's just going to rise from the dead. You know, in Matthew 16, 21, the Bible says, From that time forward began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Jesus already told them what would happen. The scriptures and Psalms and Isaiah told them it would happen. In other verses, as well, Daniel talks about how the Messiah would be cut off, but in his days would prolong. But you know, Tom, Tommy, we get a lot of grief about Thomas, you know, give him a hard time, so to speak, by a man doubting Thomas. But you know, he wasn't the first one to doubt. The rest of the disciples did as well you see, in the passage we read, it says, We have seen the Lord. Well, they did not believe either until they had seen the Lord. In Luke 24, 11, um, after the woman came and said, You know what, Um, the Lord's not there. You know what he's risen. In Luke 24, 11, the Bible says, And their words seemed to them as idle tells. And they believed them not. Just so a bunch of crazy women, you know what, they have all this grief, you know what, the sadness, you know what, Mary losing her son, and then the others, um, you know what, they're just kind of having these illusions, they're just seeing things, they're just idle tales. In Mark 16, go ahead and turn there, Mark 16 verse 11, and then we see it even um, more detail about um, their doubts. Mark sixteen eleven. It says, "And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. Believed not. And after he appeared in another form unto two of them, as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it unto the rest of you, neither believed they them. So again." He didn't believe. Do a couple letters Psalm. Like, we don't believe. And, and, and it says, afterward, he appeared unto 11, as they sat at me, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. They didn't believe. And Jesus rebukes them. Abrates them with their unbelief. That not only was it that they didn't believe because of what the scripture said and what he said, but now others are telling them. And he still didn't believe. And so we see Jesus gives them a pretty strong correction. Interestingly, the tone isn't as sharp when he speaks with Thomas, um, as we'll see. But I um, mean, Corrects them for their unbelief, hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Two groups of people already told them that he was risen, but they believed not. You know what? Even after (coughs) they saw Christ resurrected, they still had times of doubt. Part of it maybe was is this just too good to be true? He's like, you no, know, this this just can't be. Are we being set up in Matthew 28, in verse 16? It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped him, but some doubted. So even then, when the eleven came and they worshipped him, there was still doubt in some of their hearts. There were periods of time of unbelief. You know that may happen, may happen in your life as a Christian. Uh, maybe um, will happen in the future, where you will have times of unbelief, where you'll have times of doubt. You know, you know, it is study and research, you know, what? maybe sometimes people question, you know, what, is my religion really the right one? You know, what? is my sect of Christianity, am I part of the right denomination? You know, where things of doubt could come. And whereas some churches would maybe just really forcefully, really tell you, you know, I like, don't this what me in believe you know, we're gonna encourage you. You know, this is what we believe, but this is why. But you search it out. You search the scriptures. We have nothing to hide. In. Okay. If you have questions, feel free to ask. You know, we're not gonna try and beat around the bush. We're gonna give you what the Word of God says, and it's up to you to believe it or not. But you know, even as a believer, you know there could be times that arise when you have doubts. Think about the disciples. They got to live with him. They got to journey with him, to walk with him. They saw the miracles with their eyes. They saw him feed the multitudes of about 20,000 plus people with just a few fish and loaves. They saw those that were blind, certified blind, and being able to see it. Those that could not hear, all of a sudden could hear. And those that were wounded, lame, all of a sudden able to walk, brace up, walk, and carry their bed. And yet, these same people had a time in their lives where they had doubts. So be careful. You know, you don't just shame someone who's going through a hard time is having a period of time of doubt. You know what, Jesus? You know it. He'll, you know it. He'll let us know. He'll upgrade us for our unbelief. You know, we all have to be ones that do it. sure you know we could encourage him, challenge him. But be compassionate. Be gracious. Even the forerunner, John the Baptist, had a season of doubt when he was suffering. But in turn to John chapter 1, and also Matthew 11. So I still have about an hour and a half to preach. You know, watching the clock. So that's good. We've got time to go this morning. I love that spring forward day because that clock doesn't ever change on time. But John one verse six says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He's the one that said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taken away the sin of the world. He must increase, but I must decrease. And then when many of the disciples started to follow Jesus, some came to John the Baptist, you see what's going on? All these men that follow you, they're following Jesus now. So it's like, that's what I was here for. No, I'm not the bride. That I'm like the best man. I'm here preparing the way. This is the Lord that is from above. I am a man of the earth. You turn to Matthew eleven, verse two. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ. Baptist is arrested, eventually beheaded, um, for preaching against sin, against immorality of the king. sent prison, and he heard of the words of Christ, and he sent two of his disciples, and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? John the Baptist, who was there there to prepare the way of the Lord, to make straight the paths, asked the question, are you he? Are you him that was to come? Or do we wait for another? John the Baptist, having periods of doubt. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus gave them words of comfort to report to John. And you know what that those things come from? Those come from Scripture. That prophesied of what the Christ, what the Messiah would be doing. You notice, you know what? Jesus doesn't even confront, him, tell him, you know what? How dare he even have these doubts? He doesn't say, oh, you're faithless. Now, there's times where he does. We see with some of his disciples, see, upbraid them for their unbelief. We see with Thomas, says, be not faithless. You know, John the Baptist, he still speaks favor of John the Baptist in this time of doubt. In verse 9, But what would he out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way I say unto you, Among them that are born a woman, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. And what encouraged John the Baptist maybe would have felt if that got repeated to him in person. Jesus didn't kick John the Baptist when he was down. When he was down, he's like, you know, if the Messiah's here, why am I in prison? You see, Jesus spoke favorably. They're not risen and greater than John the Baptist. Jesus ends up revealing himself to Thomas. Okay. Reveals himself to Thomas. In verse 26, back in John chapter 20, verse 26, and after eight days, again his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then say He to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believe. Be not faithless, but believe. And it's quite interesting that, Jesus was more compassionately encouraging him here. They didn't really scold him for his weakness of faith, but rather compassionately gave him proof of his resurrection, and therefore the words appear to be more of an encouragement in tone rather than a rebuke. But he does tell him, be not faithless, but believe. Jesus loved him and met him at his point. Follow wrote in 2 Timothy two thirteen. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful; he cannot deny himself. Some believer believers go through a period of doubt. okay our salvation seat here. Once we're saved, we're always saved. Whether there can't be no sanctuary where a Christian has doubt. Now, am I really move These questions. Now, we're so sick here, you know, Christ isn't going to deny himself, you know, his promise of salvation. But Jesus loved him again and made him his point of weakness. And there he showed them proof of his resurrection, he goes, here I am. Let us think of that when there's so us to have times of doubt, have periods where they lack faith. But husbands when your wives are questioning you whether know, you're making the right decision or are you about to make the right decision it's not always an accusation that you're not making the right decision maybe there's just some of those doubts and you just need some of the assurance assurance that you're hearing from God that maybe you're making a difficult decision but you're doing what God Suited you. That's where you want to make sure you are hearing from that, and you are walking with God, that you are walking in the Spirit. But instead of scolding our spouse for times of doubt, be an encouragement and let God bring the convincing. Thomas ends up proclaiming the deity of Christ. <coughs> see that Thomas says, answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Now all of a sudden, Thomas's doubt became faith. And it wasn't a faith that Jesus was a good person or a good moral person. It was, He's my Lord and He's my God. I spoke to my grandmother about this passage before, she said, "Jehovah Witness, and I was like, you know what? Right here, the apostles, you know, like here's the Apostle Thomas, recognize Jesus is my Lord and my God. And then her answer was, just, well, the apostles were fallible and they didn't get everything right. So like, you know, okay, true, you know, they were sinners. Okay? we you know, the Bible does say, we continue in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles um, teach. Thomas clearly believed Jesus was his Lord. You know in Acts 2 42 the Bible says and they continue to steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in, in prayers. And so you know if the doctrine of the apostles was that Jesus was God by 1800 years later Charles Russell and the Watchtower Society said oh no they got it wrong no, maybe Jehovah Witness got it wrong. You know, we want to go back to you know, the doctrine of the apostles. What did they preach? What did they teach? They preached the scriptures. And as if we needed any more clarification, put a turn in Hebrews chapter 1, and we actually see God the Father speaking unto the Son and calling Him God. Hebrews chapter 1. And verse 8. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, have anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, and this is quoted in the Psalms, it talks about God. It goes, And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as the garden. And so here we see God the Father speaking unto the Son. He said, Thy throne, O God, Lord, you created the foundations so we even see in the Trinity that God the Father speaks unto the Son is being God. Now Jesus does want to bring us to a greater faith. And so Jesus doesn't want us to remain in our doubt. He wants us to come to a point where we are trusting, where we are believing, where we are trusting in Him in prayer. For we have faith in his promises. Jesus, in verse 29, it says, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Jesus knew there would be a time that they're not going to be walking on earth with Jesus. When you're going to believe the message that the apostles priests and the witnesses that testified that Jesus was risen that people would believe. He says, blessed are they which have not seen and yet believe. You know, there can be trials in your life and you have not seen the end result yet. But you can trust that God will bring you through. First Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter one and verse seven. Peter writes that the trial of your faith—see so you know, that there be trials in the honor of faith. that doubt, it can be that unbelief, it can be trials on our faith. It says be a much more precious than of gold that perisher, though it be tried with fire. Might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not yet, believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith and with the salvation of your souls. Verse 30, back in John 20. There's many other signs, truly, did Jesus, in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. And there are lots of things that happen. The miracles that we have in John, the miracles we have see in the other Gospels, there are many more things that Jesus did. At the end, um, Next chapter, John um, twenty-one, in verse one, um, twenty-five, says, "And there are also many other things which Jesus did; the waste of they should be written every one. I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written." Amen. But these were written. What is written, what has been written is written. He says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. of our faith or believe that. These are written to bring us to faith. That the scriptures are meant to bring us to faith. You know what, Paul even writes, um, and Peter even writes of that. You know what, that even more important in your eyewitness testimony of the resurrected Christ was that they say we have a more sure word of prophecy. That wasn't given of some private interpretation, but holy men of God's faith, and then the word of God was written, in, and, and that with the scriptures. We are able to have that a more sure word than even Peter seeing and handling the word of life, Jesus Christ, that they have a more sure word, the scriptures, then we have the old testament now we also have the new testament, we have both, we have a more sure word than anything that shows us who Jesus Christ is. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, everywhere in between. You know what today? You know what? There will be speakers, preachers, even that have said things like, you know what, that, you know what, the scriptures don't really matter as much, or it's just an ancient book, it doesn't matter if it's accurate or not. Um, like, so, like, when a skeptic will bring, always well, there a contradiction here or there, and it'll be like, it doesn't matter. Instead of showing the proper explanation and interpretation of the scripture, it's like, you know what, it doesn't really matter. Just this last week, well known speaker, well known evangelical, Andy Stanley. Um, maybe some of you have read some of his books. Um, but lately, in the last several years, he's written and said a lot of things that are very anti scriptural. And one of them he said, and you know it might sound cute cool at first, but it really goes completely against the Christian faith. He says, the Christian faith doesn't rise and fall on the accuracy of the 66 ancient documents. It rises and falls on the identity of a single individual, Jesus the Nazareth. And so, does you knowing the person of Jesus Christ matter? Absolutely. But how do we know of the person of Jesus Christ? It's through the scriptures. Yeah, there are some other books besides scriptures that talk about Jesus, but nothing like the scriptures do. The detail it gives. You know, if I was to understand that we would have no foundational authority of who Jesus was without the scriptures. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, by hearing of the word of God. Jesus went to the scriptures to validate who he was. He would quote scriptures. And he said, I am he. Went to the scripture. He wasn't trying to plead to their experience of being with him. He pointed them to the scriptures. He often said, it is written. Have you not read? Did he never read in the scriptures? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jesus always pointed people to the scriptures. You didn't want people to people that just some kind of experience you have, But just scriptures, faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the Word of God. And so likewise, when you're going through a period of doubt, time of questioning, it's the time to get into the Bible. Open the Bible. You know, the Bible talks about in Hebrews 11 about the different men and women in the Old Testament. And they were written for our examples, our example for our learning. And, you know, we could see the faith that they had and the victories they had. And that we would see of some of them, the faith they had, it brought trials, it brought persecution, it even brought death at times. But they would be emboldened, have courage. Um, because of seeing the examples of others. So I just encourage you, be not faithless, but believe me. There may be things you're going through that nobody knows, so' there are very few people. Be not faithless. Be believing. When you get a trial of your faith, it's more precious than gold and cursive. May Jesus carry you Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word Um, as we thank you every week. for just help, pray, Lord, you help us to be believing. Help us to have faith, whatever our personal trials may be. Have faith that you'll bring us through, and that we'll be better because of that. For help us, this church to believe that we can make a difference in this community through the declaration of your for sharing our testimony with other people. And your ministry has not ended here, but really just getting gone. Lord, may we have faith, may we believe that. May we believe that those loved ones we have that haven't trusted in Christ yet, may we pray for them and believe that they'll come to a time where they'll come to faith in Christ. You know there were times you doubt when I doubted whether my family would ever get saved. And yet they did. I trusted in you as their Savior. And though I was weak into faith, those times I was just weak. did even stop praying about it. Didn't even think about it. And I'm thankful, Lord, you answered a prayer I had as a young teen. Even when maybe it didn't even come to mind anymore. Lord, may You use us. May we just follow You and believe in Your promises. May we trust in You. In Jesus' name, Amen.